Success stories and interviews with game changers and thought leaders who have overcome both in life and in business. Welcome to Vertical Momentum. Hey guys, welcome back to VM Nation. Guys, this is going to be a fun episode uh, with my friend Vinny. We're going to be we're going to be talking about all things business, life, um, up, downs. We're going to be talking about my friend Seth Matikowsko. So, guys, if you've ever been down in the dumps, if you've ever lost anybody, family members, um, if you've ever been in, down in the dumps, and you want to know how to pick yourself up this is the show that you need to listen to because my friend Vinny has been in the gamut. He's been in the highs of highs and the lows of lows, but with God, he's, he's turned his life around and now he's changing lives as we speak. So I want to say thank you, Vinny. How are you doing my brother? And I, my, my only question I have for you to start off is what is your definition of resilience? Well, thank you very much, Richard, for having me. Um, that's a great question, and I think there's so many different ways to answer it. But um, I think, you know, it, it sounds so funny and cliche, but you look at, like, the Rocky Balboa movies, and, and you know, it's like, the, it's like the cliche thing to respond with, that, like, you just watch the characteristics of who Sylvester Stallone was and who he was trying to portray in um in those characteristic traits and you know i think that kind of tells us a lot about what resiliency is it's just you know no matter what if you have a dream if you have a vision um th that you have to do whatever it takes that you have to maybe possibly sell your dog and rebuy your dog someday you might have to you know live inside of uh you know a, a phase of your life of complete humility live out of your car, live on, live on, you know, sleep on someone's couch, do whatever it takes, um, you know, to, to, to travel along the journey to, you know, not be afraid to be embarrassed, not be afraid to ask people for questions or for things that you need. Um, and, and to, to keep your eyes fixed on, you know, God's plans for your life, which are plans to prosper, no matter how deep and low that you might go, no matter if you're, struggling with addiction or if you're struggling with, you know, suicidal thoughts or no matter where that is, no matter where you're at, that, um, that no matter what, that there is a beautiful life waiting for you on the other side of your, the dark seat of your soul and that you are a beautiful creation that made in the image of God and that, that you have a promise in this life, in this world and into the next. So I think that's my short and long-term version. I love it. Now, you know, I, I love people like you, people like Seth. Um, Matt, guys, if you ever wanted to know anything about crypto NFTs, definitely check out the episode with Seth Manikowsko. Awesome. Um, but, you know, in, in a little bit, David Meltzer is coming on. And one thing I love about people like you, uh, people like Seth, is, you know, sometimes on social media, all you see is the high points. Yeah. You don't ever tell people don't like to ever talk about the low points. For me, I'm interested in your story because of the low points and how you've come back. So tell us a little bit about you, 
you know, give us a quick down and dirty, you know, where'd you grow up? What kind of little kid were you? And tell us your story. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I think we all like to think of our story as unique. Um, so, but I'll give you my unique version of my story. Um, I grew up with uh, parents that were 17 years apart. My dad um, was a, a top producing um, new and used car salesman for Ford, uh, for a Ford dealership in Chicago. And, um, you know, my dad kind of taught me to do things so much differently than, than any other, you know, father in my neighborhood was teaching their kids how to do things. My dad was, you know, up at the crack of dawn with a suit and tie on and a briefcase and out the door, um, who, who really studied, you know, your Andrew Carnegie's, your, you know, um, you know, your modern day Grant Cardone type people, um, when I was growing up and, and he taught me to, to hustle, to work hard, to make money, to make a name for myself, to provide people with a service, um, to follow through with my word. Um, and if I want repeat customers to, to treat people with love, honor, and respect because people can feel that on the other side of a sale, um, you know, my, and, and my mom, on the other hand, her family owned the car dealerships. So they were a large conglomerate auto group um, out of Chicago. Um, you know, and within family businesses, there's always drama and, you know, um, family feuding and stuff like that. So a lot of those, those, different, um, those different nuances in my life really led me to, you know, I believe just an insane amount of education um, on like so many different levels from spirituality to, um, to business, to sales, to just all kinds of different stuff. Um, and, you know, out of my three brothers, I ended up being the most like my dad, um, you know, a rescuer, someone who, you know, um, you know, was just very, aggressive in a way, you know, in a good way, in a good way, um, very aggressive towards business and life and just not willing to really let, let go. Like once I latch on, like, that's it. Like I'm, I'm, I'm a fighter, I'm, you know? And so, um, I'm very thankful for what my, for what my mother and father provided me in their own little version of life on this earth in, in the, in the short, I mean, in the decent amount of time that I had with them. So, um, All right, so now let me ask you, because, you know, a lot of people, um, I'm a, I'm a history buff. Um, I love talking mindset and, you know, a lot of people talk about Napoleon Hill, but I wanted to know where he got his knowledge from. So right. of course I had to go back and study, you know, Mr. Carnegie and, and what he did to get Napoleon set up. So, you know, what was it like being a kid where other kids, are probably looking at baseball cards and you and your dad, you're talking business, you're hearing business, but you're here. It's a different dichotomy. You know, when you're sitting, when you work with somebody in a family that owns businesses, it's a different, I don't want to say dialect, but you know, like a, a billionaire once told me the only difference between a rich person and a poor person is their, the way they talk. Um, so now talk to us about how, what that was like, you know, you come home and you're hearing all kind of 
Andrew Carnegie and, and books and you're learning about sales. And then you go into school and people are talking about, you know, baseball and football. So it must have been a different kind of uh, construction in your life, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, uh, baseball and football, I can relate to just along with just alongside of the same thing as the self-development stuff. And I try to incorporate that a lot into the baseball and the football. So I, I wasn't too like put off to the side as the black sheep. So that was a huge part of my life. I tried to kind of incorporate both of those together, but it was different. You know, like my friend's dads would work nine to five at a factory or, you know, my one friend's dad was a painter. Like I had a lot of, uh, you know, what they said on the other side of the tracks, friends, you know, people that were doctors, you know, so, um, yeah, it was, you know, I mean, my dad wasn't around a lot because I did play baseball. I did play football. I was an athlete. Um, so my dad wasn't around a lot to be able to uh, give me that certain attention in the, the, the athletic part of my life or in the time part of my life where, I might have wanted that, um, you know, but um, I look back now and I'm really thankful for, for for now knowing what I know now, I look back at like, wow, like during those, during that period of time when I was a little bit hurt, you know, by the fact that, you know, these kids' dads were there and coaching them and, and, and my father um, was, uh, was, working hard you know and um with all due love and respect to my mother and i contribute a lot of this to ptsd and, and mental um, uh, um mental illness so i feel comfortable talking about it because i believe that we can make good out of it but my mother struggled my mother struggled with alcoholism and my mother struggled with you know um you know her own her own story that brought a lot of pain and suffering to her and to her children and to her husband and in return to all of us, you know? So um, out of so much love and respect for my mother and what she had to go through and suffer through, you know, it's my, um, it's my goal and it's part of my inspiration to help other people recover other people change that earlier on in their lives so that they don't have to go through that or bring their kids and, and their, their husbands through that and stuff like that. So, you know, you know, one of my favorite scriptures and I just, I read it before we got on was, you know, what is it for a man to, to gain the world, but lose his soul. Um, but a lot of it is, you know, I just lost my dad on Valentine's day and every day it's like, I, I wish I would have had more time. But it seems like I'm noticing, you know, because we're in the entrepreneurial space, you know, you you see, you know, people talking about, I'm not going to say who, because I'm not about to get sued by anybody, but you're always talking about hustling, grinding, you know, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And for me, like, you know, I, I do everything by a scheduler, yeah. but I schedule in time to be a dad. You know, yeah. I schedule in time for my daughter's softball, whatever he's got going on, I schedule to make sure that they're priority, you know, in my, like in my life, my priority is God, family, business. Other than that, if it's not part of the three, it's not really going to happen. So talk right. to us about, you know, some of the things you've learned and what you're taking from, you know, now 
you know, not having your parents anymore? What are you taking and using uh, for the positive instead of the negatives? Yeah, that's, you hit the nail on the head. I'm so big about those three themes. Those are, those are my three as well. Um, and I think time management and getting value out of your life is way more important than the amount of, you know, money or success or let's just say status or respect that you're going to get from the business world. Those are all very empty, dark, not long lasting ways of life. Let's just face it. And a lot of people see that. If you just look at the Wolf of Wall Street, I mean, look what happened to him. You know, eventually, you know, the roosters come home to roost and your heart and your soul are going to be met and aligned with what you now know is what you need to do. So, you know, since there was that void when I was a kid, I said, I'm not getting married until I make my first million bucks. And I literally went through hell getting to that point, but I got to that point and then, you know, by the grace of God, I literally met my wife, like as I was just becoming like this success story. And um, I was able to take off work for over a year and a half. And I just recently got married um, two years ago and right during COVID and we conceived our daughter and then hurried up and conceived our son. So we've had kids back to back over the last couple of years. And I've been able to spend tons of time with them because I spent all of my twenties and I know not everyone has the luxury of doing this, you know? So this is my own version of how I countered what, what I had to kind of, you know, dislike about what I went through as a kid, but yeah. And, and that has worked and it's, and it's, it's given me freedom because now I have a little bit of a nest egg and a, and, and a net worth and a network very importantly, um, without having to struggle much, um, to get here and to, or, or for, while my kids are already here, I don't have to struggle much. You know, I have a little bit more time. I have a little bit more of a network. I have a little bit more of a network than the ideal 34 year old at, at my, at this part of my life. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of what I did to overcome that was I went out and did everything I could to make that first million bucks and gain my network before I started having kids in the first place and, and got married. Um, you know, cause, um, I put out a post on LinkedIn, as you know, I'm, I'm very big on LinkedIn and yeah. um, it seems that entrepreneurs and high achievers have a very high depression, anxiety, and suicide rate. And I think a lot of it, because I, I believe, you know, what good is it to have the pool, to have the Lambo, to have yeah. the big house, and then you go home and eat at the kitchen table by yourself? What good right. is it to have all that stuff if you don't have anybody to enjoy it with? And it seems yeah. like, and even like, even with health, you know, we're going to talk about that too. You know, that without health, you know, there is no wealth if you're yeah. not healthy to enjoy it. So talk right. to us about, you know, I know you're young, you're a 34 year old man, but you had your dad that was, you know, so much older that imparted those, those wisdom to you. So talk about that, to being a 34 year old man that has the, the wisdom of a 54 year old man. Well, I appreciate that. And, um, yeah, it's sometimes it's hard to be like I'm misunderstood sometimes because I feel like I don't always fit into my my generation. You know, I feel there's I might look 
that age, but I feel like in a, in a different part of my, my being a little bit older. Um, so thank you very much. Um, I, I take that as a, as a compliment. Um, yeah, honestly, at a young age, um, you know, I dealt with anger because I think that alcoholism at home and um, abandonment and things like that. And um, I fought, I got in street fights. Um, I found fights, you know, that was the way of me of uh, letting some of that out and, and dueling and letting that out. And thank God I never really hurt anybody or ever got hurt, but I, I did get hurt one time in my, in my early twenties and I ended up in the hospital and, and that really scared my, my mom and dad. And, and they're like, come on back home to Arizona because they retired to Arizona. But um, my health, um, it's always been a part of me, even at, you know, 16, 17 years old, because I wanted to be an athlete. I mean, I was a decent athlete, but I wanted to be an athlete. So I'd love to lift weights. The, um, the, the, the effect that had on my, I guess you can say, you know, anger or depression or, you know, bipolar or emotional distress or whatever you want to call it. Um, it always made a huge impact on my health. I was always someone that was very cautious to take any kind of um, mind altering drugs from a doctor. So I, I kind of taught myself at a young age, you know, with my father actually, you know, taking vitamins every day, um, I learned, you know, I've learned so much about health, especially in the last couple of years since COVID. It's all emotional. Our health, our response, the body responds strictly based upon the emotional response from our life. And, you know, um, we're, we're, we're addicted to either, you know, sugar or alcohol or some kind of drug because we're trying to, to fly away the flight response, yeah. what we're not happy with in our life, what we're, un, what we're unsettled about or what we're hurt about. And so, you know, it, it's just, I think emotional and mental health is actually more important than physical health because you can't have physical health without emotional and mental health. Yeah. And, now, I agree, you know, because now I've been in recovery 33 years. Uh, I've been sober and clean without anything since New Year's two, uh, 1988. Uh, but if you ever go to an AA meeting or an NA meeting and you go down there, they're all drinking coffees like this big, donuts, eating cookies, eating candy, because, you know, people don't realize that, you know, alcohol, most alcohol is not all are made out of sugar. So yeah. once a lot of people quit drinking, they, they become sugar addicts, diabetics, and so on and so forth. Cause it's all feeding the same part of the brain with the neurons. And so um, I love that you talk that you actually can bring it back to, you know, the mental and the physical. Cause you see a lot of guys, I mean, I'm, I was in with GNC for over 30 years and I have a lot of friends that are professional bodybuilders, Mr. Olympia's, and they're dropping like stones now. I mean, they're, they're dropping at 34, 35 years old. And they look great on the outside. But their body's messed up with the inflammation and taking all the other recreational stuff. So, but a lot of them, you know, 
you don't really hear athletes talk about the mental health. And right. if they do, then they start getting picked on in a way like Simone Bile or whatever her name is uh, when she had to bow out from the Olympics because of mental health or Michael Phelps, you know, struggling with mental health issues. So, you yeah. know, just because they're athletes doesn't mean that they don't struggle with the same thing that me and you struggle with, you know? Yeah, a lot of the athletes, I think they struggle with perfectionism and, and, and there's a lot of things, but I'm just kind of keying in on that one because I think that that's, that's kind of prevalent too, you know, and perfectionism comes from, you know, childhood stuff. But look, I mean, look, if we sit here and we just think, oh, this happened to me, that happened to me. I mean, we're all struggling. We're all suffering. We all were, you know, unparented at points or, you know, every parent is messed up. Every child suffers one way or another. It's just understanding those things. That's understanding why you operate the way you do and how to channel that in the right direction, how to get the most out of who it is that you are, both the, the broken side and the positive side. And, you know, at 25 years old, um, two of my best friends and, and you know, and, and family members were, were addicted to heroin. You know, and um, and I want to talk a little bit about this because um, not only am I going to talk a little bit about the heroin thing and the epidemic that's going on, and it, it's been going on for a while, but um, also what happened to me and, and how that relates. So I started looking down the rabbit hole of why heroin exists and the drug war that we're having in the world and how things really work in this world. and. You know how it's it's very um, it's very mafia driven. There's so much corruption, and it and it goes back to the the early days of you know this society and that secret society. And a lot of people are understanding these things more now than ever. And so not only are we suffering with heroin addiction, but there's a lot of people that are suffering with paranoia, with all kinds of different things that are stemming from all the information that we're starting to understand about humanity and the way it really works, about how things work behind the scenes and how there is a lot of secrecy and there is a lot of corruption. There is a lot of satanic evil on this earth that exists and that is very right next door-ish, which you don't understand and realize because it's 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 kind of hidden from you on purpose and symbolism is used. And this is all just what is done in the dark um, from what I would say is a very satanic and, and dark evil forces that are kind of all over this world and have been forever and have been since the beginning of time. But some sometimes when you start to uncover like an onion, the peel, you peel back the layers um, of this information, you realize that, you know, a lot of men and women are suffering because they're starting to realize, they're starting to learn a lot of these things online. And they're like, wow, like this, this isn't the world I thought I lived in. So when I was 25, I, and everyone I knew was doing heroin. And I'm like, I'm this like rocking, just, you know, you know, just gym rat, loving health, loving God, loving inspiration kind of guy. And I'm like, I can't find like a good friend or like a good family member that's like someone I can relate to. And I'm like, why is everyone like this? And I looked into it for months on end, you know, in my little, you know, in my room, um, you know, as a broke 20 something year old, like I didn't have the stability to find out all this information and it, and it put me on my ass. 
Um, I ended up in the hospital. I ended up in mental hospitals. I ended up going through psychosis for six months. Never, no one ever thought I would ever come back from this. Um, and I, that's resiliency to me is that, but also overcoming those things. I needed to like, like acapella, like impromptu learn how to rebuild the humans, the human body, the human soul, the human mind. And I've, I've been like a student of, of life mastery before that, but if, especially after that, you know, um, hold on one second before we go on because because I, I I think we're gonna go really deep into this subject because yeah. me and you are like this. Yeah. But I want to thank our sponsors because without them, uh, we this show doesn't go on. Um, first of all, we came out with our brand new coffee. As um, a lot of people love high high energy coffee, but they hate hate the crash. So I came out with a coffee that tastes amazing, um, high energy, no crash, but all the proceeds go to help veterans and struggling with homelessness and PTSD. So I don't make any money off of it. It all goes to help veterans. And then there's another uh, sponsor, uh, Maxwell Soaps. You know, a lot of people, if you ever get out of a shower and you feel just as dirty when you got out than when you got in because the bar of soap is all had all the detergents in it. Well, he make they make a deter detergent-free soap that is great for the skin. It also helps moisturize. But for every bar of soap that they sell, they give one away to help clean up the streets of Los Angeles, California. So if you guys would like to learn more about detergent-free soap, just type soap in the comments. If you'd like to learn more about the coffee, just type the coffee in the comments. Now, what you're talking about is um, I love because we're gonna, I love talking about mindset. And one of my favorite things, like because I, I think Andrew Carnegie's autobiography on Audible was like 14 hours or so. It was something stupid. But the one thing I got out of the whole thing was that your obsessions become your possessions, yeah. whether that's good or bad. Now, I yeah. love the guy. Uh, I can't remember his name. Forgive me. Um, he, he coached Michael Jordan. He coached Kobe Bryant. And he talked about how, you know, life is like a fake is like your Facebook feed. Whatever you like is It's going to show you more of. Yeah. And if you want to change your life, go to your Facebook feed and for the next 30 days, heart and like nothing but positive stuff. And you'll get, you'll see nothing but positive stuff that your obsessions will become your possessions. And like Ed Milet talks about, which I love him, his new audible book comes out. I already pre-ordered it. Uh, right. He talks about, the reticular activating system in the yeah. brain that whatever you, your mind starts looking for, it will find yeah. whether that's positive or negative. So talk to us about how you started taking a deep dive into mindset. Yeah. So, um, you, I mean, really a lot of that same stuff, the, the RAS and, um, and my lot, people like that, Grant Cardone, I think Grant Cardone really helped me, um, realize that, you know, this mindset thing isn't just, this isn't just BS. And what I liked about what Grant did was he kind of put it into a philosophy that you can understand um, by just saying, like, if you've done, you know, 50,000 in, 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 um, in, in a commission, 10X your goal. Because yeah. 10Xing your goal 
and understanding the plan that it takes to make 500,000 in commission, you know, at least you'll fall on the $250,000 in commission, right? Because if you 10X your goal, you 10X your stretch, you 10X your action, you 10X your... So I took a lot of what Carnegie did and a little bit of what Grant did and some of the the, the neurological things that Ed Milet's talking about. Yep. I started to put them, you know, into, um, into context and actually write. Um, what I like to tell a lot of my friends and family or people that are working for me is if you're not writing it down, it ain't going to happen. And if so, you're writing down. Yeah. yeah. You know, what's crazy, Richard is like, if you look at all this, like the scripture or just ancient artifacts, like you look back at civilization and, and, and a pen and a paper, or obviously back in the day, it was different, but etching something is real. Yeah. If you don't etch your thought process, your life goals, your mission into the paper with the pen, it won't happen. And if you do, it will happen. So being relentless about that, is part of your life, you know, waking up um, early in the morning, taking that cold shower that Ed Milet talks about, um, writing down, you know, 10 things you're grateful for and a mission statement. It's really because at the end of the day, we're not robots, but we're, we're kind of like robots in a way because we have these minds that are really easily, per, very easily swayed in, in direct in a lot of different directions especially my generation millennials we're very hyper and we don't have much of an attention span so you know rewiring this brain comes down to you know having that system in place every morning when you wake up and so you know that system is what helps me stay on track but you know diving into things like I have some books right here. Um, this is something I did. It's it's child. It's a children of um, of alcoholics. Yep. Adult children of alcoholics. This started yep. to help understand how to reparent the the wounded child in me. So there's yep. there's the big Vinny and then there's the little Vinny. There's the big yep. Richard and the little Richard. Yeah. And so. Um, a lot of these things, when it comes to mindfulness, you know, in psychology and Bob Proctor stuff and John D. Martini and understanding fight or flight, because after I went through all that stuff when I was 25, fight or flight was my response and has pretty much been my response for the last seven years, last, what has it been? Nine years of my life. And, you know, that saying, get rich or die trying, um, that's what I did. Like after I came back from all the hospitalization and all the mental stuff, like I had my trajectory just went like this. It was like that needed to happen because then I was broke, flat broke, living at mom and dad's house. Then all of a sudden I get out of there and I'm making 60 grand a year. The next year I'm making a hundred. Then the next year I make 200. Then both of my parents die. So there was that, that flatlined 
area of my life where I got hit and knocked down again. And I went to zero. Every, all the assets I had, the money I had went back to zero because I dealt with my mom, my mom dying in July um, from cancer and then my dad dying three months later. And then me not having any family, any friends around to help take care of the house and my brother fighting an addiction, a heroin addiction, uh, going missing. And I couldn't handle it anymore. You know what I'm saying? This was in 2016. I, I have never been a quitter in my life and I, I wanted to quit. I wanted to give up. I didn't, it was so hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel. I, I just started to recover from this mental thing. I started to lift myself up and then boom. So, I mean, all right, yeah. so let's talk about that, you know, because um, I found, you know, unless we get us, you know, I used to not, I used to hate Grant Cardone, and yeah. I never knew why until yeah. I, I read his, in, you know, I listened to one of his interviews, and he was saying that, you know, he was addicted to, to, uh, to drugs for 10 years, and that when he got clean, he went, the first thing he did in the morning was go to a meeting. Last thing he did for before he went to bed was go to a meeting. And he, during the rest of the day, he would be studying nothing but mindset and sales techniques. And now I love the guy because now I get it. You know, I understand where he came from and how, you know, for people like us, you know, that have been down at the bottom and now that we're moving back up, yeah. you know, we realize like you realize when you lost both your parents, you know, that life is precious, you know, life is finite and I want to make a big impact as I can while I'm here. And yeah. I think there's a lot of people out there that never hit bottom that they are just going about life and not realizing that, you know, every day is like a dollar. Once it's spent, it's gone. Yeah. So, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, that's one thing about you. I love about you is like, you know, you want to get it all, you want to make an impact and yeah. you know, people like Seth and David, they're along the same mindset. You know, also, you know, um, like Ed and Andy Frisella, you know, we all know that we have a finite time. Yeah. We want to make impact. Yeah. 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 Get your job done while you're here. Cause you ain't here for a long time and people need you. People are, you know, burning in a fire right now. They need you. I always kind of, I always want to kind of be a fireman, you know, but my dad's like, Oh, don't be a fireman. Go be a car salesman or go, go start a business. But I think, yeah, that, that, you know, that, that, that is in us as, as men, a leader of men, of, of, of a lover of, um, your fellow um, community and your your ancestors really like that's your you know we're all kind of like you link us back to Noah and we're all kind of related one way or another so you know that doesn't mean that we're all going to get along or you know there's not going to be war between us all on this earth but yeah you know and that's the thing I was obsessed with how do I fix my brother how do I fix my friends and then I ended up getting sick from it so that taught me a lot too, because you can't fix anyone that doesn't want to fix themselves, right? But like, man, I wanted to like take down every freaking drug cartel. And like, I, I was like willing and crazy enough to think I can do it. Like I'm going to take down the, you know, the biggest mafia conglomerate of heroin in the world. And, you know, sometimes I still feel like I can, but, you know, I, I don't want to do anything that God isn't going to sign me up for. 
right? I'm not, I don't want to chew off what I can't, you know, eat and, and digest. And I'm also learning about that because sometimes our ambition and our emotion is great. That passion is from a great place. However, it, you have to be in alignment and do things methodically and do things in order to get to where you're going. Yeah, you can take big leaps and great miraculous things can happen, but you have to you have to have some like know-how um, and, and respond, you know, in, in a methodical way over the course of your life. You know, but, the book I loved about, you know, Grant's book um, and I read the book and I loved it, but I only got one thing out of it. But the one thing I got out of it was life changing that if you guys are listening to this and you might be hearing this for the first time, whatever happens from this point on is your fault. Yeah. Whether you it's maybe what happens to you isn't isn't your fault, but how you react is your fault. So and once you start taking ownership that everything in my life was my fault, then you start to become free because you're like, all right, I screwed it up. It's my fault, but I'm succeeding. It's my fault. You know what I'm saying? And I think once we can, you know, get to having some of that ownership, they'd be like, you know what? I can't blame my father. I'm 53 years old. I can't yeah. blame him for the shit that I'm doing now. It yeah. doesn't work anymore. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. And it's so true. It's easy to come and get into that victim mentality too, because your body's telling you it's someone else's fault. I, you know, this happened to me or I have this, or it's, it's really easy because the body is literally telling you that, you know? Um, yeah, fight or flight is, is is it's all based upon victimhood. But it's all it's also you can't I have I like to believe I like to carry compassion for others in my life, even though they're acting like a fool, even though they're acting like victimhoods. I like I try not to like belittle other people because I understand, you know, human existence. I understand the suffering. And a lot of it stems down to not being educated enough, not asking God for wisdom, not learning, not learning how things work and what you know, and I think that's what happens is people get tied up and generational things happen and the generational, you know, ball of wax and, you know, the negative curse stuff doesn't, it doesn't stop, you know? And, and so, yeah, I'm like you, Richard, like I, I want to pick people up, but I want to go teach people like, you know, how to stop this before it comes up, becomes a problem, you know, like people that are vulnerable, like people that are in jail are really vulnerable. So I, I kind of want to start with them because like they're, 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 you, they're, they have open ears. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people are just living their lives. They, 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 they kind of like, they're just going with the way that they're going with things. They don't want to be changed. They don't want to be talked to. They don't want to hear your preaching. You know what I'm saying? Like, which I don't even like to call it that. I like to teach people, but you can't teach people that aren't willing to learn or else if you try to do that over and over again, you're going to end up in a mental hospital. You know what I'm saying? You're going to end up, and that's, you know, that's that rescuer mentality. And that's that mentality that it's like, I'm going to go out and help people. I'm going to help. Well, you better learn how to do that. You want to help people learn how to do it the right way. You want to check that off your box in life, do it the right way. Don't stumble and fall on your face because you're struggling because you're doing it the wrong way. You know, there's a way to help people. Like if I write a book, I'm not going to get all these crazy people that are going through their crazy times in life. Hey, can you help me? This, this attachment, do you understand? So the book is like, I'm going to love you from here. Here, read my book. Okay. 
that's going to help you take the steps and then you can obviously continue offer them services programs to continue to help you know like what you're doing putting out videos putting out podcasts this should help people this might help one person out of a thousand or out of a million that watch it that's all we're looking for is plant our seeds do our job you know and then you know on to the next thing right yeah like for me you know like when i wrote my book um it's it hit number one twice on amazon um but it's all about you know helping others um, and just realizing that if we can make it, me and you can make it, anybody yeah. can make it, you yeah. know, but, you know, like, but one thing Joel Osteen says, I love Joel Osteen. Um, he talks about how you can choose to either be a victim or you can choose to be a victor. That's yeah. your choice. You know, yeah. cause they say, you know, you can have two kids growing up with an alcoholic parent. One kid grows up to be a drunk and they ask him, why do you drink? Well, my mother... Because I've seen my my father do it, and then the other says that doesn't drink, doesn't touch it, lives a sober life. Well, why do you not drink? Because I saw my father do it. So yeah. it's depending on the person. You can make choices. Like for me, I don't have this T-shirt on today, but I had my own mental health summit last April called "Today I Decide," because wow. um, it's the three most important words in the English language are "Today I Decide." You don't have to be the same person when you go to bed tonight as the same person that woke up this morning, you can change. And yeah. a lot of people think, well, I can't change. And I'm like, I'll, I, I tell you something that will guarantee you to change. If your significant other came home and said, Dr. Cole, I have terminal cancer. Your life just changed. Yeah. And your mindset changed like that because now you're, you're going to be doing for them, but you know what I'm saying? So your mind can change. It just, sometimes we just got to get, shaking sometimes right. you know what I mean? yeah. and for me it was almost going to jail for five years that's what t- turned my life around yeah. so talk to us about some of the steps you took when you had your come to jesus moment when you're like all right i'm sick and tired of being sick and tired so what were some of your actionable steps that you took yeah um I think the big thing for me was, is really just getting into this surrendering type um, attitude about everything and just really kind of like, you know, the most vulnerable place to be at and, and as a human being is on your knees, you know, with your face literally to the ground, you know, you look at religions and stuff like that and, and that's like the most vulnerable place to be. So um, I found that doing that in these, you know, really as much as I can all the time, is really important but doing that especially during these really hard times is 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 what helps me to stay grounded um so i would make it a daily routine to do that and i still do um and and then you know drinking as much water as i can because i think flushing out you know our system is really important and then um you know, sticking with like, you know, an omega B vitamin based diet, like eggs and chicken and steak and broccoli and things that feed my, my body, all the right nutrition so that my brain works a little better, you know? Um, and then giving that, you know, giving that balance like that either weekend cheat meals or Sunday cheat meals, like you see the rock do, you know, on his Instagram, um, I think it's important is to work really hard from sun up to sundown six days a week and to take that seventh day to rest, whatever day that it is for you. It could be a Monday. I mean, 
I'm not super religious, but I believe in, you know, in God. And I believe that, you know, um, you know, we have, we have a God that loves us, you know, and he loves all of us and he's, he's looking for us to love him. And so, um, but yeah, I think just surrendering and surrendering to the creator and, 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 you know, um, and then, like I said earlier, that, 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 right when you wake up that shower that cold shower you know to to tell the flesh to tell your flesh no you're not in control of the spirit of me i'm in control of you and you're going to take a cold shower and then when you're done with the cold shower you're going to go right the 10 things you're grateful for because you have a blessed life because you're alive you're breathing you have an opportunity and then write a mission statement and then start your day from there um i want to talk about that real quick because um I got this book about a, about a year ago now from Mr. James Clear. It's called The Atomic Habits. And yeah. he talks about how the first hour of your day and the first and the last hour of your day determines what your next day is going to be like. Yeah. And my friend, Mr. John McCaskill, he wrote a book called, uh, he's a retired Navy SEAL, and he wrote the book called Embrace the Suck. That, you know, that are saying, you know, he taught me that for like for me, the first 15 minutes of the day, I don't pick up the phone. I'm not going on Facebook. I'm not turning on the radio. I'm just taking 15 minutes just to be yeah. and, you know, and give thanks, you know, like, right. you, said, you know, the gratitude. But he also said that, you know, what you do in the morning and what you do at night, you know, like your rituals are are what's going to make your next day. So talk to us about some of your rituals that you're not, because sometimes a lot of people worry about the morning ritual, but then they'll stay up watching, you know, horror movies or they'll stay up watching the news and not getting good sleep because of all that blue light and all that extracurricular stuff before they go to bed. So what is your evening and morning rituals like? So, yeah, the morning is usually that, you know, getting down on my knees in my face and just crying out and really just pouring out to God, not always te technically crying because not every day is a day to cry, but there's those days that come too. But, yeah, every day is just getting on my knees and getting on my face and just calling out to God and praying and knowing that I'm making sure that he knows that I love him and that I know that I got to stay grounded in him and stay humbled in him, even though sometimes I'm going to feel like I want to take it on myself, you know. Um, so that's a surrendering part of my life. And then I move into that cold shower and that just really kind of puts the body into, um, that, like that context of like, no, like the spirit is in control of the body. Um, and then I go into the, um, the 10 things I'm grateful for the mission statement that Bob Proctor talks about that 10 things you're grateful for a mission statement is very important. And then, um, and then I really kind of start my day. Um, and then to wind down, I do my to-do list and I do like a daily devotional or my wife and I read some scripture, um, and try to really kind of end it with, with my wife as a huge part of, um, uh, my life. Um, you know, um, I think if her and I are not right, then nothing's right, you know, because we're one flesh. So, you know, um, being able to be disciplined enough to, even when times aren't perfect between y'all, it's a good idea to just always at least be humble enough together to, at the end of the night, um, share a moment together of, of you know, 
meditation or silence or prayer or conversation um, to get through uh, another day, you know. Um, but I'll be honest, Richard, there's, it is a struggle to stick with the routine. It is a struggle to stick with the ritual. Um, you know, there's been times in my life where I couldn't stick with the ritual to save my life. And there's been times like lately that I've been, you know, right on target, you know. Um, but, you know, we get hit with stuff like COVID and, we know, you know, we fall into different bad habits and things like that. We're all human beings. But the, you know, uh, the main goal and the main motto is that you have those non-negotiables that you do. Because when you were talking earlier, I'm thinking, I'm like, and obviously I know this. This is like, this is like kind of like common sense once you start to really understand the mastery of self. But it's like, it's control, right? If we're not in control, you know, then something else is controlling us. Whether that be like you said, the news, the government, the corporations, you know, the sugar, the drugs, it doesn't matter. All those things are meant to control you. They want something from you, whether that be, you know, your couple dollars a day or your hundred dollars a day or whatever it is, or your, your eyeballs so that they get viewers like TV. So many things want to control us. And you have to be smart enough to realize, be wise enough to realize that, hold on, I'm in control here. This is my domain. You know, the circumference around me is my domain. And, and I have control over this flesh body that has absolutely no power over my spirit. My spirit is this infinite creation. And there's never been another me. And I'm here to do a duty. So get out of my way. You know, people have to realize there's black magic, black and white magic all around us, trying to control us, trying to, you know, center us to, to, to be where it wants us to be. Yeah. Right. And, and so, yeah, I think control and being a warrior and being a fighter and being a, you know, either a boxer or a UFC fighter, the main thing to know is that you need to be in control. You need to be in control of your body. You need to be using fundamentals that help you to navigate through the battle, through the war, or else you ain't getting through it. You're yeah. get, you know, you know, you know, and I've talked to a lot of high achievers, you know, I've talked to, athletes you know to entrepreneurs making billions and you know and when i tell them this and i say you know because i hear a lot of people they say you know they talk about you know well i pray every night before i go to bed and then i ask them do you pray for the person that's beside you yeah do you pray for your wife you know do you pray for, you know like i'll touch my wife's head she's sleeping she doesn't have a clue and i yeah. just pray for my wife you know right. and i think a lot of because one time we were having a, a discussion. She, she was having a rough day, whatever it was. And she said, you know, you're out here helping the world, but you're not even helping the person that's sitting across the kitchen table from you. Wow. And it kind of really got me to like, you know what? Maybe I need to start from my house on out. Amen. Out of my out, you know, out coming into my house. So I think yeah. sometimes we have to really, you know, become a protector of our home and our wives and our children before we worry about the outside world. You know what I mean? Absolutely. No, Richard, you hit the nail on the head and, and yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's all about, I, I guess, just management, you know, and, and understanding that, you know, what, what takes precedence over something else, you know, and, and the value of, of, of what we value. And, 
yeah, we can go out and save the world, but yeah, we're, we're allowing what's going on right next to us to be like out of control. So no, I, I know. <laughs> and I struggle with that, you know, because, you know, I, I'm new to being a dad, you know, I'm in it. I'm two years into it. I love it. It's amazing. It's the best gift that God's ever given me in my entire life. Um, but I'm new to being a dad. I'm new to being a husband. And, you know, um, let's just face it. It's just, you know, it, it, you're trying to manage so many different aspects of your life. And, you know, um, prioritizing is very difficult sometimes because our heart pulls us in different directions. But we have to realize, too, that, you know, the Bible talks about the heart, you know, being deceitful. And so we have to understand that our heart isn't always right. And the creator knows what's right for us more than what we know is right for us. Yeah, we want to go do this, but who knows if that's not even in alignment with what the creator wants. That's why, you know, I do it all the time and make the mistake all the time. I try to, I try to, you know, force my will onto life and into the world. And, you know, my personal beliefs is that it's not my will that's going to get to get me to go to where I need to be. It's, it's, it's the creator's will and I have to surrender. And so, and, and if I, and, and, and he will correct, he'll chastise us one way or the other, either if it's, you know, your wife telling you, you know, and, and, and getting in your ear about it, or, you know, you, you're on the wrong road and you get to a, in, into a fender vendor or wherever it is, God is always talking to us. He's always correcting us to go in a different direction. And we're always kind of in where we're supposed to be, even along those mistakes, because he'll correct us. He'll get us back on target. Yeah. So, you know, one thing, you know, it's like I've been on many stages. I've been back in the green room on a lot of places. And yeah. and there's some, you know, some great people out there. And of course, I'm not going to mention any names, but, you know, they come out to the center of the stage and they start talking and everybody thinks they got their life together. Yeah. Then they go back into the green room. And they're like a shit show. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, you know, and I always try to tell people, you know, some people that look like they have it all together don't really have it all together. You know, yeah. that's like people like Andy Frisella. You know, I I like Ed because they'll say, listen, you know what? I'm having a bad day, guys. You know, yeah. I'm not feeling it today. And yeah. nice when you see somebody, you know, that can say, you know what? I'm doing this. Yeah. But, you know, like even Ed, you know, he's like, you know, my dad just passed away, you know, so I feel the way you feel yeah. and, and you kind of relate to people that, you know, OK, you know, they're going through sometimes the same struggles, you know, and I think that's why I think I really um, found myself drawn to Seth yeah. and David. And they just seem like, you know, they're they're people that you can have a burger with, you know, yeah. have a yeah. Coke. Right. There's not too much ego there. It's like the how ego did, is. How did you and Seth even get involved together? Yeah, I, I'm involved with a few different groups, like networks and stuff and communities on Facebook. And I really just kind of came across them. And actually, my favorite comedian is, um, what's his name? <laughs> uh, Chicago. Huh? Maniscalco? Yeah. What's his first name? Uh, so they have the same last name. And I'm like, oh, yeah. you know. I'm Italian. I'm from Chicago. Who's this guy? And he seemed really interesting. And then he was in crypto. And actually, 
the way I got over the hump and became a self-made millionaire was through crypto. And I had that whole, you know, like rags to riches story. And, and I'm like, I, I shared it with him. He's like, wow, really interesting. And we got on the phone, we talked for a little while and he invited me to the guardians. And I went to the guardians event in Puerto Rico, um, last month and, uh, or two months ago now. And, um, and yeah, I, I connected with those guys and they're great, great energy, you know, um, just, yeah, not a lot of egos, just really inspire people who, who have, you know, a desire to, to, to be positive and win in life. And, you know, I, I just really got a really good, uh, feeling from being around all that. And so, yeah, I, I um, and I like the story too, being from Philadelphia, just, growing up hardworking marine corps you know all that awesome stuff that uh, that i respect and honor about um seth um you know so yes we we're working on a few different things we got some stuff going and we're excited to to know each other and to to be working together i love it so now for the last couple minutes uh tell us you know what you got going on where do we find you? How do we support your missions? I know you got, you're working on a, a book project coming down the road. So tell us how we can support you and what you got going on today. So, yeah, um, I kind of have a lot of things under construction, um, but I'm a pretty open person and I like people to have direct access to me in any way they can. Um, so I'll, I can share my, my, uh, my number um, with, with your group here and then also my email address and stuff. But uh, I do have a vinnygrant.com will be launched soon and kind of explain a little bit more about my story. Um, so people will be able to get a hold of me there. And then um, uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, everything is Vince. And then I do like the little quotations, Vinny Grant. And then, um, yeah, I'm working on, you know, some conf a conference company, uh, CryptoCon. Um, I'm working on a huge marketing platform in the state of Florida for hurricane contractors, attorneys, public adjusters, people like that, um, and really kind of helping service their marketing um, efforts. And then we, we have a small solar company in Arizona installing residential solar. And so a lot of the stuff I do um, with the audience that I'm going to be reaching out to with my book is going to also help recruit, you know, young, you know, or middle, it doesn't matter, middle-aged, whatever, entrepreneurs to either work from home on Zoom and generate leads and do sales presentations and work in commission-based sales um, and learn how to make significant, you know, increase in their income. And um, so, yeah, we, we there's just like this whole ecosystem of things that I'm working on. And um, yeah. I can share my number. Do you want me to share that now or do you want me to put that in the yeah, chat? In the chat later. But now, you know, like yeah. my, my friend Russell Brunson talks about, you know, if you can make a dollar online, you can make a million dollars online. Right. And, so, and now, like when I was, my dad passed away, like I said, on, uh, vet, on Valentine's Day. And even yes. though I was gone for three weeks, my books were still selling. My coffee was still selling. My T-shirt. Right swag was still selling because I made right. a green product and it's right. still able to, you know, make money for me even when I'm not there. So I think, you know, right. what you're talking about is, you know, I think because of, with COVID and a new generation, you know, you don't have to do one-on-one -on -one sales anymore. You could sit in a Zoom conference with a hundred people, put out the same amount of information 
and make 10 times the amount of money without right. ever even putting on pants. Yeah. You know it's like the golden age for people like us right now. You know? Yeah, yeah it's so true. I know it's, it's really just an amazing time to be alive. There's a lot of crazy things going on in the world, you know, uncertainty and things like that. But um, it's still just a really amazing time to be alive and to witness everything that's going on around us. And just we're so blessed and thankful to have, you know, each other, um, people that are like minded. And, um, and I'll be going towards this thing, which, you know, I look at as, you know, we're in this like realm of healing um, and just so much good information about how to overcome and how to uh, be resilient and, and forge ahead and, and live in prosperity and, and, um, and live in peace here, you know. So when should we be expecting the book to come out? So I would say by the end of this year, so we're still a little early on yet, but um, I would say by the end of this year or the very, very beginning of 2023. Okay, cool. I'm down with that. So guys, definitely reach out to Vin. You know, if even if you just need somebody positive in your life, he's yeah. definitely the guy that you want to have to be on your speed dial and be like, hey, you know what? I'm struggling today because he might mm -hmm. be going through the same thing you're going through. And like I was taught that, you know, you know, we get drunk. I mean, I get drunk, but we stay sober. And I, right. you know, the more I help people, the more I get helped. Like I, I and I always end the show with a quote by Oprah Winfrey. And her quote is, if you want to help yourself, help somebody else. And yeah. so I, I love that quote. Um, Vinny, I just want to say thank you, brother. I'm so grateful yeah. that. Seth hooked us up, man. Um, and uh, like people know that whenever they're on the show, um, the relationship just starts today. Yeah. And I like to build a generational uh, relationship. Amen. So, so I just want to say thank you. Um, guys, thank you. I thank you so much for coming on. Check out Vinny. Um, everything he's got going on. He's on LinkedIn, Facebook. He's everywhere. Uh, support his mission, whatever he's got going on. And if you want to know about crypto, because crypto is like this, if you if you want to know real and not the BS, reach out to Vinny, reach out to Seth. They'll tell you the real deal and not just um, marketing ploys. Yeah. So, Vinny, thank you so much, brother. Thanks, Richard. I appreciate it. All right, guys. Remember, vertical momentum, the only way to go is but up. Make sure you smash that subscribe button and leave a comment. For, for Vinny today, and I'm sure he'll get back to you with the comments. All right, guys, I love you, and I'll check you out next week. Thank you for joining us today. Please hit subscribe and share. Please feel free to leave us a comment.